And I remember asking him uh, something about, you know, what, what do you think, uh, you know, what do you think your gift is? Like, what, what would you like to do for Jesus? He said, well, I think my gift is singing. I was like, yeah, sure, son. I think that... Uh, I couldn't really see it at the time, but uh, I guess he had a premonition. I think uh, uh, he does a really good job now. He sings nice. So I enjoyed. Uh, I always enjoy singing with the boys. I remember when we first started out singing together, they were just uh, they were just young guys, and now they uh, they don't really need me anymore. But they let they let me sing with them once in a while, which is nice. So appreciate that. Proverbs twenty eight. Proverbs twenty eight. Proverbs number twenty eight. And let's have a word of prayer that the Lord will open this, uh, these truths up to us. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the Proverbs, uh, the skill of living life your way, Lord. And thank you that you've gifted us with these, these wonderful insights and these uh, pictures and comparisons and just words uh, of, of wisdom and, and understanding. Uh, Lord, uh, let's pray that we take them to heart uh, tonight and help us in every area that we need help. Lord, we know that your word is there to help us, Lord, and, and uh, it's a mirror, it's a salve, and it's a, it's a, it's a rod, it's, it's a staff, and, and Lord, it's a, it's a hammer, it's a fire, it's water, it's, it's sustenance, and Lord, uh, we need it all the way, and Lord, just thank you for what you're going to give us now, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. It's a terrible thing to, to, to just live on the run, and uh, I guess, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's some people that have just been fugitives almost all their life, and and just on the run, just going from one hideout to another. I always thought, man, that'd be a terrible way to live, wouldn't it? Uh, what, what kind of existence would that have? It's almost like you just get to the point. You can understand why some people just turn themselves in. They get tired of running and they say, you know, I'm just not going to do this anymore. I'm just going to turn myself in. Uh, it says, the wicked flee when no man pursueth. Well, no one's pursuing, so why are they fleeing? Well, they're, 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 they're fleeing because their conscience won't, won't leave them alone. And, uh, you know... It, I guess it takes a while to get to that point where someone's conscience is just so hardened and so seared that, that it doesn't bother them anymore. Uh, I think it takes quite a bit to do that, just the way that God made us and, and, and uh, that God gave us that uh, conscience, that with knowledge of the fact that we've done wrong. And, and, uh, and when someone's guilty, you know, they're always looking over their shoulder. They're looking over their shoulder. And I remember, you know, times, uh, even like when in school, when I'd, I knew I'd, I'd done something wrong and I was hoping not to get found out. I mean, that makes for a miserable day, you know. And a little further, the passage here is going to talk about confession. And that's, that's, that's God's escape hatch from guilt, uh, is, is confession, just getting it right. Getting it right, just uh, like it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, just clearing of the matter. Just clear it, man. This, that's a wonderful thing to do sometimes, you know. Uh, you're... You're, you're fleeing, your guilt is just driving you, and, and uh, you just go and just get that right. Just get it cleared with the Lord, uh, primarily. And, uh, but it says, the wicked flee when no man pursueth. But the righteous are as bold as a lion. And it's a wonderful thing to be a, a, in clear conscience. Just at liberty and a clear conscience. Uh, you don't have anything that you can think of to hide. And uh, you're just walking in the light, you're, 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 you're open, and, uh, and things are taken care of, and that's a great place to be. The righteous are as bold as a lion, it says there. 
and not having anything to, to hide. For the transgression of a land, many are the princes thereof, but by a man of understanding and knowledge, the state thereof, uh, thereof shall be prolonged. A poor man that oppresseth the poor is like a sweeping rain which leaveth no food. And uh, woe be to that man that oppresses the poor. And there have been many people in the name of religion that have oppressed the poor. I remember uh, growing up in, the, in South America, uh, that, was, that was a big thing there. You had these, 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 uh, uh, these intricate, lavish cathedrals. You know, just engraving and gold laid in and, and just incredible, uh, just in the midst of squalor. And it was hard to believe. I mean, how many people did, they, how many of those poor people did they have to squeeze out of, you know, uh, to, to, to get that? And it was all through, through guilt and manipulation and, you know, this is going to get you out of purgatory and you've got to give to this saint and to that saint and, and all the while... You know, the religious uh, you know, leaders there were, were lining their own pockets and building more and more, more lavish while oppressing, uh, you know, oppressing the poor. And uh, the, God doesn't take that lightly. And it may seem like, uh, you know, people are getting away from, with oppressing the poor, but God sees that, what that's like. And, uh, you know, he, he, uh, he, they will be taken into account uh, there. There's a picture here. A poor man, uh, a poor man that oppresseth the poor is like a sweeping rain that leaveth no food. And you say, well, you know, those, those people are rich that oppress the, the poor. Well, not, only, not really, because they actually have a type of poverty that's worse than the poor person. And, and that, that picture is actually going to be later on in this passage here. You know that sometimes rich people are the, are the, are the poorest, most, most miserable people on earth? You might think, uh, you know, every person that's rich is, is, is uh, have, living a great life. That couldn't be further from the truth. Some of the most miserable people are our people that uh, they have, you know, a lot in the bank account. But uh, um, it may just literally be talking about poor people that, that oppress other poor people. Um, and uh, there was a man in the, in the, in the Bible, remember, that he, was, he had been forgiven his debt. And, uh, you know, it was a big debt. He was poor. And then that, that miserable poor guy went after someone even poorer than him, even though he'd been forgiven, and lay the lumber on it. And, and uh, in, that, in, that, in, that, uh, in that account, it doesn't go well for that guy, does it? And so, um, you know, poor people should definitely take pity on other poor people. And I think of a spiritual application there where we are, we are, we are all spiritually, without Jesus Christ, we're poor and wretched. We are poor and wretched. And so when we look at somebody else that's poor and wretched as well, we should look and say, well... I'm in that same company. I needed God's grace just as much as that person needed it. And who am I to oppress them? It says, they that forsake the law praise the wicked. They that forsake the law praise the wicked. And that's a head scratcher at times. It's like, how could, that, how could those people that are destroying other people's lives and, and properties and, and livelihood, how could they receive praise and promotion? Well, um, it says, they that forsake the law praise the wicked. It's because people are forsaking the law. They're forsaking the law. And, uh, and, and, and they're saying, you know, we're just not going to observe righteousness. We're not going to observe anything that... that, that that would just 
be by anyone's common definition, if they were, if they were living in conscience before the Lord at all, by anyone's common definition, that would be right and that would be wrong. We're just going to forsake that. We're forsaking that, and we're just going to come up with our own definition for things. And, you know, when people start coming up with their own definitions for things, there's no end to it. There is, there is literally no end to it, to what man will justify when they forsake God's law. And to the degree will this, they'll start praising wicked people. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a remarkable thing. But such as keep the law, uh, contend with them. And so that needs to be contended with. Uh, that, needs be, that needs to be stood up to. Uh, you say, you know, we just need to, uh, you know, just be, be, be passive and, and don't mind all that. Well, the Bible says that that needs to be contended with. In other words, those, those that are interested in, in what is right, we need to speak up for what's right. It doesn't mean that we need to be nasty or... Uh, that we need to, you know, look for quarrels or, you know, have a bad spirit. But righteousness needs to be defended. We're given voices for a reason. And uh, to proclaim truth and to stand up for truth. I, I just believe that. I, you know, the, the, the Bible says that, uh, it says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. And how do you reprove it? Well, you speak up with the right, you know, speak the truth and love, the Bible says. Let your speech be seasoned with grace. And, and so there, there's just, there's just opportunities. And it may just be with your own children. It just may be with your own children. Maybe that's your one jurisdiction, just to say right there, you know. A lot of people say, are saying this is right and this is wrong. But really, you know, God's word says this is, this is, this is right and this is wrong. Or this is wrong, this is right and this is wrong. Uh, according to God's word. We, we speak up. We contend. We contend with those uh, that are forsaking God's law. And uh, evil men understand not judgment, but they that seek the Lord understand all things. Uh, you say, well, who has truth? Well, it's not, it's not for anybody to say, I have the truth. But if we believe that the Bible is true, we can say, God has given me this truth. God has truth, and because of that, I have truth. He's given it to me. That's not arrogance. That's not know it all. That's not saying, I, you know, uh, uh, I'm something special that I came up with truth, and you don't have truth, but I do have truth. It's just saying God has truth, and we can all have it if we look to Him. And I, I, I had the privilege of, of uh, having accepted that uh, from Him. Evil men understand not judgment, but they that seek the Lord understand all things. And you ever notice that the more that you, that you, that you find God ways, the more everything, everything just fits. Do you ever notice that? Do you, you ever notice that, that life just starts to make more and more sense as you understand God's ways? Are you with me on that? It's like everything just fits together. It's like, you know, okay, yeah, that, 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 that goes and that, that, that makes sense and, and uh, that corresponds. And, uh, and so they that seek the Lord understand all things. And again, it's not because we're anything special, but it's because God, He's the one that designed it all. So what you're doing is, you're discovering His design. And as you discover more and more of His design, you know how it works. You know, you know what fits where, and you know how things uh, correspond. And, and sometimes we look and we say, man, you know, those, those people, they don't, they don't see life the way I do it all. And they seem to see everything backwards. It's like, 
you know, it's like if they were assembling a, a bike, you know, they would put the tire where the seat's supposed to go, and they put the, the, the seat down where the tires are supposed to go, and, and they put, you know, uh, they put the brakes, the brake up on the handlebar, and, and, a, and it's just like a freak. It's a freak. That's what, but it's because they're not, they're not understanding God's ways. And so what, what do we do with the truth? Well, what preaching really does is, is it gives people God's design and it helps them understand more and more how things fit together. When you study God's word, that's what it does. Okay, how, how, many of you, how many of you have some sort of a plan to study God's word? You have a plan. All right. So what you're doing there is you're going to the, you're going to the instruction manual. You're looking to understand uh, the way God made it. They that seek the Lord understand all things. Because you, you see how it works. You see how he made it. All right? Better is the poor, verse 6, better is the poor that walketh in his uprightness than he that is perverse in his ways, though he be rich. Okay? So it's better to, to walk in righteousness and to be materially poor than... To, uh, to be materially rich, to be prosperous in that sense, but to be lacking in, in righteousness, to be perverse in our ways. All right? And uh, the Bible talks about that principle a lot. It talks about that principle a lot. Um, Whoso keepeth the law is a wise son, but he that is a companion of riotous men shameth his father. And you might say, you know, well... The well-behaved son, I mean, that, you know, the, the law-keeping son, that sounds boring. That sounds really boring. But he that is a companion of riotous men, that sounds exciting. Because really what they're talking about, you know, it's kind of like the party scene. So they're just hanging around in the partiers. That sounds more exciting. But uh, a lot of times, it's the life that kind of seems... It seems, in a sense, more boring, but it's steady, you know, and there's substance there, that it actually adds up to something really meaningful in the long run. Uh, now, uh, Christians, to me, you know, I mean, we know how to have fun. Uh, we, we, we laugh and uh, we enjoy life. We see, I think, the vividness of the colors God made. Uh, we, we see the beauty of the creation that he gave us and and uh, we, 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 we enjoy the, the physical gifts that he's given, the ability to, to run and to laugh and to play. And I think that we enjoy life to, to its fullest. But we don't, we don't party to the harm of ourselves and to others, right? Uh, we, 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 have, we have wholesome fun. And we promote that with youth group and downstairs here with the kids. and uh, Even us adults, us big kids, we have, we have a good time here and there, right? And, uh, that, and, that, and that's all good. But, you know, over the long haul, it's just a steadiness in life. It's a cadence. It's a cadence of righteousness. And to the world, they might think, yeah, that's, that's, that's boring. But one day, you know, they're probably going to be seeking out that, that so-called boring person to find out why their life is fulfilled and, and theirs isn't. You know, over the long haul. Over the long haul. Because that riotous life, it'll burn a person out. It'll, it'll, uh, it'll age a person young. <laughs> it'll use a person up. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, the one that they, when they were younger, and they felt like they were invincible, and they said, ah, that person is just a holy of now, and they're religious, and they're part of that church crowd. You know, later, they're the ones that they're, they're probably going to be looking to for wisdom. So, uh, 
It just says there that, that uh, uh, whoso keepeth the law is a wise son. Remember, this is written to, to, uh, to, uh, to a son in particular. But he that is a companion of riotous men uh, shameth his father. He that is, uh, and by the way, um, the, the, the father that we all have is our Heavenly Father. And uh, he's the one that we really uh, should, be, um, uh, should be concerned about shaming. And, and uh, like if my, if my sons seek to not shame their Heavenly Father, then they're certainly not going to shame me. You know, that's all I ask of them uh, at this point. Just, you know, learn to walk with God. Just be a good conscience before him. And I'll, that'll bring, that's what brings me joy. All right. So uh, verse number nine says, He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, and this is interesting, even his prayer shall be abomination. Uh, the one prayer that I believe God scripturally always hears is the, 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 the crying out of a person turning from self-dependence to depend upon the Lord. You know, there's just a cry of repentance. That seems to be, you know, the, the cry that, that is uh, uh, the prayer. But, but if someone is just presumptuous on the Lord, you know, they don't want to hear preaching. They don't want to hear godly counsel. They don't want to hear, you know, teaching from God's word. But yet when they're in trouble, they want God to help them out. That's, that's presumptuous, isn't it? Um, and God's gracious, and I don't know, you know, uh, it's his prerogative to choose to, you know, to still, uh, to still uh, intervene, and, and uh, who am I to say when he does and when he doesn't? But, uh, you know, it does seem to indicate here that if someone isn't willing to listen to, to God's word, then they probably shouldn't presume to, you know, to ask God for help. Uh, and uh, says, even his prayer shall be an abomination. It's interesting how, you know, we as people, a lot of times we want to we wanna make self-willed decisions, but we want, then we want to blame God when things don't, don't turn out well, right? Um, we don't want God on this end, but we want to blame him over here. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's uh, God, uh, he's, 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 he's gracious. He's gracious. Um, Whoso causeth the righteous to go astray in an evil way, he shall fall himself into his own pit, but the upright shall have good things in possession. The rich man is wise in his own conceit, but the poor that hath understanding searcheth him out. Verse 12, when the righteous men do rejoice, there is great glory, but when the <laughs> wicked rise, a man is hidden. That is a key verse. It says, he that covereth his sins shall not prosper. Now imagine if I were to ask for a show of hands here, how many of you are interested, interested in prospering in your life? That's a, that's, that's a very uh, uh, positive concept, isn't it? Yes. We would all be interested in prospering. All right. Well, it says here, he that covereth his sins shall not prosper. One way to prosper is to not cover your sins. That's what the Bible teaches. Don't cover your sins. Okay? Don't hide that. Um, don't keep them concealed. You know, the Bible talks about walking in the light. And uh, it, it talks about everything is gonna, that, that, that is in secret is going to be made manifest uh, one day. But he that covereth his sin shall not prosper. So if we, want to, if, if we have sin in our life, we want to get back to prosperity, we need to uncover that. We need to uncover that in some way. Okay? And, and the way that we uncover it is, it says, but whoso, what's the next word there? 
Okay, whoso confesses, to confess it, all right? And uh, the term confession, you know, that, that's not like going to a little booth and talking to somebody who is, is, is uh, you know, super spiritual that can, that can say, I forgive you and intercede to God for you. That's not confession, all right? That's basically a waste of time. Um, confession is agreeing with God. Confession is saying, Lord, you are right. <laughs> I have been wrong. You are right. That's what confession is. And uh, do you realize that we, have, we, we only need one mediator to confess? All right? And it's no person other than Jesus Christ. Um, he's our mediator. And God says, come to me and can confess. Um, confession is a wonderful recourse to deal with sin. Because when we have hidden sin, that's, that's, again, that's a miserable way to live. Right? That's a miserable way to live. But confession is the, 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 the recourse to, to get beyond that. Now, confession isn't just uh, uh, feeling sorry. All right? And, and uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, it talks about worldly, uh, worldly sorrow. And, uh, you know, the world's sorrow is just, I'm sorry I got caught. Or I'm sorry that I feel bad. You know, I feel bad that I did that. So I just feel, I feel sorry in that sense. Um, biblical confession and repentance isn't just feeling bad, so I'm trying to get out of that. It's, it's coming to the point where we realize God was right and I was wrong, and I want to just, I want to totally be open with the Lord about that. Now, sometimes we need to go to another person as well. Sometimes we need to get, get something right with another person. You know, leave your gift at the altar and, and go and get something taken care of with, with another person. Uh, but you know, a lot of the times when it comes to confession, we can just get that taken care of with the Lord. Unless it involves somebody else that we need to go to, we know that there's a problem there. We have wronged them. We have wronged that person. They're directly involved in that. We need to get that right with that. You know, the Lord, the Lord just says, you know, just, just confess your, your, your sin to me. And I'm faithful and just to, to forgive your sin and cleanse you from all righteousness. Um, and so confession... It talks about it in there in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 when it talks about, it's close to, to repentance, uh, where it says, you know, that a person there uh, just gets clear of that. And they're not just sorry, but they're willing to do whatever, uh, you know, to, to get that out in the open and to say, Lord, not only do I want to confess this, but I want to now, I want to go in the right direction from this point on. I want to replace this with something good. Um, you know, so, like, maybe I've, I've, I've struggled with this. I, I say, Lord, that is wrong. I want to be totally honest with you about that. And I want to get clear of that. And now I want to be a voice against that. I want to be a voice for what is good. Uh, it, it, just the opposite of that. And uh, just, uh, all, just cl getting clear in that matter. Sometimes maybe, you know, if it involved maybe, like, disobedience to a parent. You know, kids... If you, need, if, you're, if, you, if you are sorry because you know you're hiding something from a parent, then you need to go to your parent about that and, and then pray together with them to the Lord. Confess that. Get that. Get that. Because it involves them. You disobeyed them. You know, if I wronged a brother, and I know I did that like with my tongue, say, you know, I said something that was just wicked and just had a bad spirit. 
You know, confession would be, yes, I get that right with the Lord, but I go and I, and I get that right with that brother as well. All right? But then there's some things in, our, in, in my life like, hey, look, there's some things that, I, that, I, so, you know, that I've gone through this last week that I really didn't t- have to talk to anybody else about. I just knew before the Lord that I just need to get that right. And you just do that. And it's taken care of. It's taken care of. You don't have to feel, you know, like you have to go back and think in your, in your ancient history, what might I have done that I need to go talk to? There's probably something I never confessed, and what could that be? And it's holding me back at this point. I, I don't think that's, that's, that's biblical. Um, you know, we forget those things. God is covered by the blood, right? And unless God brings it specifically to mind that we need to get it right, if he brings something specific to mind, get it right with him. If he tells you you need to go to somebody else, then go to them. If not... Don't let the devil keep beating you back into history and, and, and working you over. It's, uh, you know, Jesus provided the way forward there. And if, he, if, if, uh, if it's confessed, and, it, and then it says, look, not only do you agree with God about it, but it says, whoso confesseth and, what's the next word? Forsakes it. Okay, forsaketh uh, these sins. So we say, God, you're right. And because you're right, I'm going to leave that behind. I'm going to forsake that now. I'm going to put it away. All right? So it's not like, uh, yeah, uh, okay, once a week I'm going to say I'm sorry. And then I'm just going to keep going back to the same thing because next week I can say I'm sorry, I'm sorry again. That's, you know, that's, a, that's, that's the wrong approach. You're just going to, uh, you're just going to live in, in, in constant defeat. Okay? But you go and say, Lord... I, before you, I totally admit, I confess that this was wrong. Uh, plead your mercy. Thank you that you say that you're faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me uh, of this at this moment. And uh, by your grace, you know, I want to forsake that now. Forsake, I don't want anything to do with it. To so forsake means I want anything to do with it. I mean, the negative sense, you know, if you, if you like, you know, when somebody, uh, like, uh, leaves their family, you know, that's a negative. It could be forsaking them. That could, be a t- that, could, that could be a terrible thing, right? What are they doing? They're, they're, they're leaving them and they're rejecting them. But here it's a positive thing. We're, we're, we're rejecting, we're forsaking our sin. We don't want anything to do with it. We've got to be clear of it. And like 2 Corinthians says, we even want to get vengeance on it <laughs> by, uh, you know, by doing the opposite now, by doing what's right. Okay? So just a little bit about, uh, about, about how to deal with sin there. And... Realize that uh, every temptation is common to man. And look, it's a serious thing. And the Bible says do business with it. But once you do, you know, be free of that. Be clear of that. Uh, other people have gone through the same thing. You know? And, uh, and, God, and God has helped many, many before you with that. Remember in Ephesians it says, of such, it goes through a terrible list. A terrible list. Of, and then it says, of such were some of you. <laughs> and look, what helped you? Well, uh, confessing that and, 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 and accepting gospel uh, um, grace uh, for that and moving on with life. And so, he that covereth his sin shall not, what? Prosper. Okay, so if you hide sin, if you're hiding sin, hey, young people, if you're hiding sin, you're not going to prosper. If you're hiding things from your parents, you say, I don't think it's wrong. It doesn't matter. You're hiding it from your parents, and it's, and it's wrong. There's something wrong with something you've got to hide. If you've got to sneak around, 
You know, because you know your dad's footsteps, and if they're coming towards your room, you're going to do something totally different. We were watching a home video the other night from back in the, man, the kids were just little. You know, and uh, one of my kids, they must have been like six years old or seven years old, and they had a home, the, home, the video camera going in their room. And they were messing around and doing everything and, uh, you know, doing this dance. And, and, and all of a sudden, uh, they heard mom's footsteps going. And they got looked and they ran over and started doing the schoolwork. It's all right on video. It's on video. We got it to this day. It's, it's, uh, it's incriminating, really. Uh, <laughs> those are, you know, that's what I realized. I mean, I, I thought at that age that my kids were perfect, but now I realize they were wicked, little, deceitful sinners uh, there with the video camera going in their room. Um, but uh, so, look, kids, if you've got to hide, if you've got to sneak around, it's not right. It's not right. Well, as adults, we just get more sophisticated, don't we? But sometimes we sneak and hide, too. Uh, we need to get those things. And so it says, Whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. God says, you know, my mercies are new every day. And they're here for you. But you've got you to you get that thing clear. And you've got to put that thing behind you. And my mercy's there. My mercy's there. All right? And so I'm still trying to think of, you know, what's the statute of limitations on some of those things around those videos uh, uh, there. Um, yeah, Jordan, we, we started, the last week we started calling him the enforcer because on some of the videos, you know, he, uh, um, some of the video footage that we have, man, he's, 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 he's putting his little brothers in line. I mean, you know, get over here, poof, you know, it's like, whoa, okay, Jordan was taking care of business. Uh, I was wondering why the boys are so, so, so well behaved. It's because Jordan was, he was <laughs> holding them in line there. All right, uh, verse 14, it says, Happy is the man that feareth always, but he that hardeneth his heart shall fall into mischief. <coughs> and when God is, is working in our life in a certain area, you know, we, and we refuse to, to confess that and get that right, there's going to be a hardening that goes on there, and uh, we're just going to fall further into trouble. Now look at this. These, these are some... Uh, these are some, uh, some pretty good pictures here, some word pictures. As a roaring lion and as a ranging bear. Those are two pretty fearsome uh, creatures there. So is a wicked ruler over the poor people. And that's just destructive, destructive. Uh, doing damage. And uh, a wicked ruler is, is, can do a lot of damage. All right? Um, the prince that wanted understanding is also a, a great oppressor because they're lacking in understanding is what that means there. But he that hateth a covetousness shall prolong his days. A man that doeth violence uh, to the blood of uh, many people shall flee to the pit. Let no man stay him. Verse 18, whoso walketh uprightly shall be saved, but he that is uh, perverse in his ways shall fall at once. It doesn't mean like saved, like, you know, eternally saved. It just means uh, to be delivered from those circumstances. Verse 19, very practical. It says, he that tilleth his land shall have plenty. All right, so hard work uh, it pays dividends. Um, he that tilleth his land shall have plenty of bread. And there's a lot of honor in that. But he that followeth after vain persons shall have poverty enough. Just lazy losers is what that's uh, referring to there. All right. A uh, faithful man shall abound with blessings, but he that maketh haste uh, to be rich shall not be innocent. To have respect of person is not good. To have respect of persons. 
And so, you know, we just kind of scan the horizon and we see, uh, you know, I think, I think it would be beneficial for me to be friends with that person there. And uh, I would do pretty much anything that they ask in order to get their favor because I think they, could, they can benefit from me. Or I can benefit from them, I should say. Having respect of person, right? Uh, having respect of person is just having that, that, whole, that whole approach to life that, you know, who can benefit me the most? Who can benefit me the most? For a piece of bread, that man will, will transgress. In other words, you know, they're easily bought off by that person that they're trying to impress and trying to gain favor uh, with. That's a dangerous, uh, um, you know, uh, set of, uh, of values in order. And, uh, you know, we should, uh, we should be just as interested in encouraging, you know, and, and, uh, and having a, a conversation with any visitor that comes in here as we would with a deacon or with a pastor or, or uh, somebody that you see as kind of a mainstay here, right? Uh, no, no respecter of persons, only a respecter of who God is prompting you to, to be of service to. Uh, because if not, we're going to get into that whole, that whole, you know, just playing the, the hierarchy and, and all that economy that the, that the world loves to, to get into. Um, it's no good. It's no good. Okay, and uh, verse 22, he that hasteth to be rich hath an evil eye. Once again, hasting to be rich is, is in the, 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 the passage a couple of times there. And considereth not that poverty shall come upon him. Look at this, it says, he that rebuketh a man afterwards shall find more favor than he that flattereth with his tongue. So that tells me that flattery is just for the moment where, you know, we need to think, long-term in our relationships and uh, what's going to be truly beneficial. And sometimes, you know, uh, sometimes it's not until after a while that what we've invested in a relationship comes to fruition. And if we're just like, uh, you know, a flash in the pan in our, in, our, in our relationships, just trying to impress at the moment or flatter at the moment, you know, what is that really worth in the, in the long run? But if we're the type of friend that really cares enough to, to have depth in our relationship, then afterwards, you know, we're going to see some real benefits uh, uh, to that. And a lot of times, we're not interested in afterwards. We're just interested in what? Right now, right? Uh, and uh, maybe that's an, maybe uh, Americans with all their technology are especially interested like in right now. You know, we, we have all the, the gadgets to help us get everything like right now. And we're not always interested in, like, building something over time. It just takes time, you know, just, just laying it, just laying it, layer upon layer, just building that, building. Uh, you ever see some of the old architecture? You just look and say, why did they take the time to make it that intricate? It's almost like because they just wanted to put some time into it, and they wanted to make it special, Right? I mean, there's really no reason for it a lot of times just to see the intricacy of some of the old architecture. Some of the stonework and, and some of the trim, the intricate trim work. And, and, and you just look like, wow, they had to put a lot of time and effort into that. Why did they do that? Well, they just wanted to invest in that. They wanted to make something special. They didn't want to just slap it together. Um, and that, that, that we can approach our relationships like that maybe too. Just to think, you know, let's think long term here. Let's just build and let's, let's, let's work at this, and let's invest uh, in this, instead of just, you know, just for the moment.
right? Um, <clears throat> and uh, so there's a lot of truth in these, in these uh, verses for sure. I know I'm not hitting all the truths, but just uh, some things that stood out to me. Whoso robbeth his father or his mother and saith, it is no transgression, it's no big deal. The same as a companion of a destroyer. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, kids take advantage of their parents. And they learn to do it when they're little, and they're still doing it when they're like 30 years old. They're still taking advantage of their parents. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that, that's pretty lame. And the, and the Bible says here, the same as a companion of a destroyer, right? He is of a proud heart, stirreth up strife. Uh, only by pride, the Bible says, comes contention, right? And uh, here it says, he that is of a proud heart, stirreth up strife. And so if strife, like, follows a person, they might say, you know, I can't understand it, but everybody's always against me, and uh, it just seems like, you know, no matter where I go, everyone's, like, always trying to... But what, what it really is is probably that person's proud, and because of that, there's a lot of strife in their life. That's what the Bible seems to indicate. Like, strife follows a proud person. Contention follows a proud person. Okay? And it just seems like some people's lives are just full of drama all the time. It's like drama central, you know, every day of their life. And they just can't understand, you know, why, why their life you know, is so full of drama, and everybody's always out to get them, and, and it's always the world versus me. You know, everybody, like the whole world versus me all the time. It's, it's pride. It's pride. They've never come to the... To, to just some, some humility and some stability um, that leads to just kind of like a drama-free life, right? And uh, so um, think about that if there's a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of strife surrounding you or somebody else you might want to pray for, okay? Uh, but he that putteth his trust in the Lord shall be made fat. In other words, look, you know, I don't have to... I don't have to fight for every issue here. And I might look at that and I might think they're wrong and I'm right, but, you know, let God teach them. I don't have to be the one right now. I don't always have to be right. I don't always have to prove my case. You know, I'm just, I have confidence in the Lord. Uh, uh, he that putteth his trust in the Lord. He that is our proud heart stirreth up strife. But he that putteth his trust in the Lord shall be made fat. They're just content. There's a contentment there. They're not always trying to, to prove their case. And I'm, I tend to be more like the first person than the second one, so I can identify with this. You know, I can learn about that guy that just like, you know, Lord, it's fine. You just take care. I don't have to, I don't always have to be in the middle of it. Okay? And uh, this is interesting. It says, he that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. That's pretty scary. That's really scary when you think of it. <laughs> oh, man, like, you know, I have my own heart with me all the time. We're not talking about our ticker, you know, we're talking about our inner being. Um, and uh, he that trusteth in his own heart is a fool, the Bible says. Why? Why? Because our own heart can just, it, it can really deceive us. It can really lead us into, into a lot of trouble. We can't just be feeling-oriented. You know, so many people just, they just live their life just by feeling by emotion. I think about 50% of our country is like that right now. Just like living their life by emotion and by feeling. You know? And uh, they're not thinking through things in the bigger picture and according to truth. Take your thoughts into captivity to the obedience of the one who made you. 
You know, don't just say you're going to follow your heart into whatever feels good at the, at the, at the moment. Um, he that trusteth his own heart is a fool. But whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. He shall be delivered. Well, we're running out of time here. and We're just about to the end of the chapter, so let's uh, finish it up. It says, He that giveth unto the poor shall not lack, but he that hideth his eyes shall have many a curse. And, uh, you know, when we give to the poor, it seems like God appreciates that and blesses us for it. When the wicked rise, men hide themselves, but when they perish, the righteous uh, increase. So, um, stay in the book of Proverbs on your own. And Proverbs every day will be really, really helpful to you, at least a little bit of wisdom each day uh, there. And uh, uh, we only have a few more to go uh, together. Thank you for your kind attention. And I hope, uh, you know, hope it was helpful uh, to you uh, again today. So I'll have a word of prayer. And then, Brother Johnny, you can... Uh, we have a song picked out. Maybe sing a stanza or so and dismiss it from there. Thank you.